You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Eric Rosenberg. And today we have a very special guest. This guest is someone I met at uh, a FinCon, surprisingly, like, like many of the other guests on here. Matt is, he's multi-talented. He is not just a finance-minded guy, which we'll talk a little bit about his finance blogging background and how we came together and all the cool projects he's working on now that have things more to do with coffee than finance. But we'll get into that. Everyone, welcome. I want to make sure I don't butcher your name, which I should have asked you before we started recording. <laughs> this is uh, Matt Giovanzi. Did I get that right? No. <laughs> See, I didn't get it right at all. Go for Jiminesi. it. See, that's that's what I meant to say. See, I don't speak, I'm Jewish. I don't know Italian. I yeah, well, I can so do like a, a huh. Like the yeah, huh I'm like part. a 16th Jewish, I think. Well, so... So if there was like a chet instead of a uh, I-S-C-I in there, I'd be able to we'll get say it. Say right. There we go. Got it. All right. Cool. <laughs> that was a lame attempt at, at that, whatever that is called. Hebtalian. Hebtalian. I like that. That's a good one. We just, made, right. we just invented a language on the podcast. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So anyway, everyone, Matt is here with us, whose name I obviously did not know that well. But I do know his first name, Matt. No one That's all you need that. to know. I don't even know my last name all that well. See, and I can't. I spell my last name normally right. However, right now, I'm having a delicious beer, which is actually not a very strong beer, so it shouldn't make me spell my last name wrong. But, you know, as I always say in a lot of these episodes, uh, long-time listeners will know personal finance should be personal. It should be fun. It shouldn't always be all stuffy and boring. So I am drinking, now that I'm a California local, a Lagunitas beer, which is made um, just north of San Francisco in Petaluma. This one's the Lagunitas Daytime Ale they call it a fractional pale ale because it has a lot of the IPA flavor, but it's actually a lower alcohol. Um, it's a session beer. Yeah, it's more like – exactly. It's like a session IPA, which I've been getting into more since I'm like an old man and on cholesterol medicine and heartburn medicine. So I get drunk at the drop of a hat if I have a real IPA. So I've been keeping them more mellow lately. And I'm a dad, so I drink like half as much. So my tolerance yeah. is like nothing. But what are you drinking over on your side? So I was going to say, speaking of Hebrew – Huh? Huh? I don't know where you're going with this. Brew? No, it's actually. Um, so I'm. Hold on. I'm gonna do it right here on the air. Ready? It sounds beautiful. It's a Lacroix. No, I'm kidding. It's. <laughs> it is a um, a black IPA. Okay. Uh, from Sinitas Brewing Company. Are you familiar with Sinitas? I've heard of them, but I don't know where they are. So they are in Boulder. Um. So I am. I live in Boulder currently, where you went to school and. They had there's this little brewery down the street from from us, and it's called Sanitas, and they sell their cans in some of the local stores here. And I, my personal favorite style of beer is black IPAs or Cascadian dark ales, depending on you know who you ask. Um, <laughs> if you're in Portland, where I just left, in the Cascades, you they were would definitely probably call Cascadians, probably, and it's because it's not technically an India pale ale, so. You know, Cascadian Dark Ale is where it was sort of like where it originated. And basically all it is, it's an IPA made with like black patent and chocolate and all these darker malts. So it kind of has a porter or stout body and flavor with like super hoppiness. So imagine drinking like a really hoppy Guinness. It sounds better than a not hoppy Guinness. Yeah. yeah. I'm a hop. I'm a hop head. I love yeah, me too. hoppy beers. Yeah, I've only I, once ever found a beer that I thought was too hoppy for me, and I think it was just because they didn't put quite enough malt in. Because there's no way to be too hoppy; you just have see, to balance I, it. I yeah, there's when you get some double IPAs, I sort of get a little like kind of hop bomb overload, which are which is fine. I mean, I like that, and and it usually when it's a double IPA or a you know imperial IPA, it usually means it's like higher in alcohol. So yeah, you trade off. Every once in a while, I've ventured out into the quad IPAs. If you can find them, they're fantastically delicious, but you know, clear your schedule. It's what would you <laughs> consider like a 120 minute from Dogfish? That's getting into that range of like the quad okay. IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. The 120 minute. If you ever can find it, it's um, it's fantastic. It's one I had of, it in Denver like two weeks ago. It's one of the very best beers I've ever had. On tap. Yeah. 
Were you tap. at Falling Rock Tap House or somewhere like that? No, I was at uh, Avanti in Denver. Okay. If you've never been, Falling Rock Tap House in Denver. That's uh, maybe my favorite place in America to get a beer. And that oh. says a lot because I've had a lot of beers in America. Falling Rock, you say? Falling Rock Tap House. It's about a block right. from Coors Field. It's, oh, uh, I was literally just there. Like I was at I was at Coors Field on Friday. And it's right next door to what used to be my favorite nightclub when I lived in Denver. So I'd uh, go to Falling Rock, have a couple beers, relax with the guys, head next door to Beta when the uh, headliners start coming on and, and rock out till till they kicked us out. And I'd like to Sweet. say till sunrise, but it was Denver, so it was actually 2, 2 a.m. Right. <laughs> so anyway, while we're really here, we should get down to business. The business of doing business. That's why I, why I really wanted Matt on here because he is an entrepreneur with such a wide variety of things he's done. And that's uh, something I've done, you know, dabbled in a lot of different things. I've um, started, I've tried to buy websites to start an e-store. I've, which that I said tried because it didn't really work out. <laughs> I have started <laughs> blogs. I've, I've done a lot of different entrepreneurial things and Matt has too. And the way that we really connected, as I said, through FinCon, he had a, a money theme podcast and website. So can you share, Matt, how you got into that? What was the genesis of you getting into working online and, and making that a revenue source for yourself? So are you do you want to know how I got into online business or how I got into personal finance? Because there are two different stories. Let's do both. Let's start okay. with the older one and work our way forward in time. All right. So I started off uh, working when I was 13 years old. I was working at a local pool store, a pool and janitorial supply store in my hometown of New Jersey which is where I've lived for most of my life until I moved out to Colorado uh, just last year. So I worked there. I ended up going to another job, which was a, another pool company, and was like the manager and assistant manager and like kind of moved around a few different pool companies, uh, but mainly this one. And while I was there, uh, I, had, I was in a rock band. I started, I was the lead singer of a guitar player of a, a pop rock original pop rock band. Did you have an called, awesome name like Mouse Rat? No, man. My The name was Remember Tomorrow. Okay. So very... A little more uh, stoic. Yeah, a little bit, um, which is also the name of a Iron Maiden song, which we found out later, but huh. I've never heard it before. So we were like kind of like Hoobastank, <laughs> like that kind of music. <laughs> okay. Um, if you could categorize it into any sort of band. I, you, I always did Hoobastank and Sugar Cult. Those are my two... Like okay. and and like Jimmy World, that kind of music. Um, it's like that, like and, alternative punk rock yeah, hybrid. Yeah, thing. just like not very punk at all. Just more like uh, poppy, I would say. So we, so we needed a website, and I, you know, was the kind of the head of every of the band, and I guess you could say. And I mean, there was there was four of us, and we needed a website, so I figured out how to design websites while I was working at the pool store in the wintertime in New Jersey because we don't really sell a lot of pools then. And I was like, all right, well, I got time to figure this this out. So let me figure it out. What do you mean people out. don't want to buy new pools in the winter in New Jersey? Yeah, it's not a thing, really. So we <laughs> I had a lot of downtime. And I was like, all right. So I bought, I think, I don't remember which, which books, to be honest. Uh, and not that they would be relevant anymore. But um, I think I bought like an HTML book. And I just... Literally started with like a blank notepad and started coding, uh, started trying to build a website and like learned about domain names and learned about, you know, hosting and all of those things and kind of just trial by error, you know, trial, trial and error over and over again until I had to build a website. And my boss at my pool company caught me, (laughs) like, like not caught me learning, but caught me like just checking it out on the computers there. And he was like, well, who made this? And I told him that I did. And so, because you'll appreciate all this because you're a designer and, and, and I was like, you know, I think I just, I basically just did it in HTML. There was no like platform, there was no WordPress um, that I was using. I don't using. know if PHP even existed then. No, PHP did exist because <laughs> that's where I, the, the story heads next is I, so I ended up being, getting hired as the, so as like the guy who designed the website for the company. So I was working at a pool store, like as a stock boy and like a water tester and a, you know cash register person and just basically like a small, re- you know, mom and pop retail store. Mm-hmm. And then I was also designing the website on the side for the company. And I ended up leaving and working for a website design firm for about six months. And t- until my boss called me and hired me back to be the marketing director of the company, 
um, when he couldn't find anybody better to do the website. So I ended up uh, working in the corporate office, which it was a pool store and we managed three stores and we had a service team and we built in grounds and all that kind of stuff. And um, I basically had an office with computer. I was on PC at the time and I built the website. I did all of the newspaper, you know, ads, all the yellow page ads, all the TV commercials, all the radio commercials, any signage in the store that we needed, any merchandising in the store. I did everything. Anything marketing with all the stores. That Jack was my job. Jack of all job. trades. Jack of all trades. So I ended up uh, having this idea for this company called this, – this website called SwimUniversity.com, which is the website that I currently make my living off of. And the idea was, well, I know how to design websites now. And I know a lot about pool care. I've been doing it since I was 13. But, you know, why not this well, – this should be on the internet. I should make this. And I didn't do any research. I was like, all right, I'll make money by, you know, putting ads up and, like, recommending products that I that I like. And that's literally the business model that it is today. And that was in 2004 I had that idea. And I sat on it for two years. That just the idea. I had the domain name. I had SwimUniversity.com registered. I had SwimU.com registered. Uh, and then I lost SwimU.com and I had to buy it back from the people that bought it for like 200 bucks, which oh, is bummer, which, which sucks. Yeah. Could have been worse though. You know, yeah. But that's what you hold. get for, yeah. That's what you get for waiting two years, like an idiot. Right. And my, it's my base learn for everybody. Don't sit on an idea and let your <laughs> domains expire. If you're buy it, cause you're going to use it and do something with it. Yeah. Buy it and then make something right away. So my, uh, my friend and my bass player in the band, he was like, dude, I'm tired of hearing you talk about this idea. And he's like, you better just do it. And I was like, all right. And he kind of like, you know, lit a fire under me and I, I just started making it. And here's the thing. So WordPress was a thing. So this is 2006 now. And here I am building my own WordPress without even knowing it. So I studied, I started to research PHP and databases and MySQL and all that stuff. And I actually ended up building like my own content management system and accounting software for me. It was very simple stuff. And that's how some university ran for like the first two years. And then I was, or three years even. To say, even and, though that sounds simple, that's still quite a feat even for a lot of people today. So I'm, I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, and it was just like, you know, and that was the reason I built it that way. It was so that, because before I was just copying HTML pages, you know, and, and writing articles on, individual html pages which you know how insane that is so i ended up uh finally moving over to wordpress like many years later like probably 2000 and i don't know 10 maybe or 2011 and do you so, remember your first wordpress version you used oh i think it was 2.5 okay that was a big version that was what, like was it that's why i remember it i don't i don't i, I, remember, I remember being <laughs> old but it was so that's so I built that site. I finally had it up, and I don't know. Am I going down this road? Is this even? Yeah, this is interesting, interesting and useful. Okay. Yeah, keep going. All keep right, going. all right. So I because I'm getting a little technical, I think, and I don't want to get too technical. But anyway, so I uh, I ended up. Where am I? So I built the website, and I wasn't making that much money off of it. Probably nothing. But I had joined this community, this online community. And it was basically like a make money online community. It was how to, you know, write a bunch of articles, really, really crappy articles, get some backlinks, you know, start to rank for some keywords, have some AdSense on there and start making passive income, you know, with your Google site. used to be. Yeah, this is before 2008. <laughs> so I did that a lot. And I used to keep like spreadsheets where I would just write the same article over and over again. It was 300 words, had two links in it. It was about robotic pool cleaners. And I must have written like 500 of these articles just and just posting it to every article directory in the world that would, you know, <laughs> that that would accept my stuff. And this community, they, they, this is what they were teaching. And they weren't, it wasn't malicious ever. It was just like, this is how we made money and it's working. And then all of a sudden, this is for, for people who are just getting into online business stuff now and are just learning about online marketing, this really used to be how it worked. It used to be a backlink was a backlink and it didn't matter where it was from. There was there weren't a lot of rules. There were no penalties in Google yet for this kind of thing. So this was the white hat SEO of <laughs> this the was, day. Yeah. 
It's yeah, and it was just um don't do that anymore. <laughs> like when I say no. that it was, that means it is past. Yeah, every backlink was a vote, you know, and it's like just get as many votes as you can to your website and you'll start to rank. And it absolutely worked. I mean, 100% worked. And then I think 2008, 2009 hit and my site kind of dropped in traffic. It wasn't that really that high to begin with, but you know, a big significant change and I I I had started to you know, not use AdSense. I was trying to figure out some like ClickBank stuff. I, I don't know. It was just, it was, I was doing affiliate marketing and I was doing, um, you know, like the AdSense stuff and it just wasn't paying off. I, I so anyway, I sort of, um, I was really mad because like I was being taught all this incorrect stuff and they Google basically made all these like warm, fuzzy pea animals like pandas and penguins yeah. come out and, well, Give I mean, us the traffic smackdown. <laughs> yeah, but I'm totally, you know, it's, oh my God, for the better. Like that was, I needed that lesson. I needed to get hit like that because I was just following these dudes blindly. Like they were just, you know, and they were, and they like, again, not malicious. They were literally trying to help a bunch of people. And they were pretty successful. I mean, there were the, uh, the guy who runs demand media. I remember right before the pandas and penguins came, he, um, there were pictures of him riding his yacht around in the Caribbean. You know, yeah. It worked. Well, see, well, I wasn't in a community that bad. Like they weren't that, you know, they were nice, nice boys. Uh, so <laughs> they, so anyway, ended up leaving the community and I was just completely turned off by all communities at that point. And I was like, you know what? This is dumb. And I ended up finding a guy named Corbett Barr on, I think, a podcast I was listening to. You know that name? <laughs> huh? You know that name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he has started this thing called Fizzle and, and before that he had this thing called Think Traffic. And uh, I was... He said something like, you know, he was he wasn't an SEO guy. Like I was always into SEO. That was like my whole thing because to me that made more sense than to be a good writer and to a good um, article writer or a good you know video maker. Like at the time, I just wasn't into that, which is so stupid because that's exactly what I did. I mean, that was like that was my skill set, and I was too busy like making spreadsheets and writing these really crappy articles. And he was just like, and he said like, write epic stuff or write epic, you know, S word. I don't know how, how casual you want to be, but, um, so no worries. Yeah. So he, he had that and I was just like, that makes a lot of sense. And it was really just like, it's kind of just a generic statement where he was saying like, why are you writing for search engines when you should be writing for the people who are searching for you and then reading your stuff? And, you know, it was just more of like a. Oh yeah, duh! Like, why haven't I been doing that this whole time? Or and for I, people, you know, not for robots. Yeah, and sometimes I had I had been doing it, but I wasn't focused on that. So I started um, to really focus on writing better articles and and starting to do video. And when I started doing that, the traffic started to creep up, and then things became. I started to become a little bit more known in my industry, in the pool industry, and I and people reached out to me and asked if they could you know, become a sponsor or like, you know, sponsor my website. Cause I was really the only guy and still kind of the only guy who has a very large audience of pool owners and spa owners, because that's not something you can just target on Facebook. You can't just target people who own hot tubs that that's not something that they put. So, you know, it, it became this like sort of the super niche site. And, and I didn't, that's not what I was going for. Like I was just, you know, like, cause now they'll teach you like, Oh, you know, be an authority site or be a niche site or they'll use these buzzwords and marketing. And I'm like, I just did what I knew how to do. Like I knew a lot about pools. It's, you know, I, and I put it online, you know, it's not that simple. And, you know, now that's what people call it, but that wasn't what I was actively trying to do. So I ended up, um, I ended up uh, getting fired actually from my pool job because of swim university and because I had, so I had was doing some work on the side for a restoration company and, you know, as, a, as, as just extra income and he, they had, they'd offer me a job, a, a full-time position there, which is only like five minutes down the road. And I went into my boss at the pool company and I was like, look, I got this other job offer. It's down the street. If you're willing to match it, I'm going to stay, which is really stupid in, in, in retrospect. But it didn't matter. Like either way, if he, you know, if he matched me, great. I don't have to leave the company. If he said you're fired, I had another job that was paid more money. So either way, I win. And I ended up 
getting fired because he found out about Zoom University. Like once he, once I told him I was like, I had this other job offer, he started to like dig in and like Google me and figure out, you know, more about me and found out that I owned the site. And it wasn't a conflict of interest. I never took, you know, links or did anything like that because that's not what I was into. Right. You know, I kept them the very separate. Yeah. And I did never worked on it at work. Like that was just, you know, I'm, I have some, you know, dignity and standards and stuff. So <laughs> just a um, little bit. Yeah, but I didn't even argue with him because I said, you know, and, all right, fine. I got another job. And no, I, and I know I'm not doing all the things that you say I'm doing. They're all lies, but um, I'll move on. So I moved on and I worked at that job for like a year and a half at this restoration company. And then I got let go. I was, I was laid off and I was able to collect unemployment. And it was sort of my boss saying like, hey, look, I know you're talented. I know you have these other things to do. We really can't afford you right now. So you know, I'm letting you go and kind of like, but I still want you to kind of work with us like on the side. And so I, I left and I filed for unemployment and I, and I, and this was, and I owned a house at the time, I owned a BMW. Like I had these really high expenses and I've been, I've been really wanting to do swim university full time, but I've never really had uh, a runway. You know, I've never really, I wasn't really a saver. I was really bad with money to be honest with you. And, um, so I ended up, just um so i ended up saying to myself you have one year the government is giving you a loan right as the, he's they're giving you the runway you have to make this work this is the only time you're never going to get an opportunity like this again this was this landed on your lap you need to take advantage of it and so that was my thing no one really believed in me when that's fine cuz they don't have to anymore but i remember i Basically, left the job. I sold my car, my BMW, because I couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, I, it wasn't that like I couldn't afford it. It was just like that was really stupid to have on unemployment. You know, I okay. just realized like this is this is not right. Like if I'm doing this, I gotta I gotta go down to nothing. I've got to live the unemployed lifestyle. Pretty much, yeah. And just, and maybe just for self respect, I think, and a little, and and not just you know because I had to. So. I ended up renting my condo out to somebody and I moved in with my younger brother and, uh, and I was willing to move home. Like they was, but I was like, eh, my brother's willing to take me in and it's not that expensive. So let me just do that. So I ended up moving with him, sold my car and basically lived there for, I think a year and a half, two years. And all I did was work on swimming university. That's all I did. And I, um, was able to grow it very quickly just by writing a lot, by filming a lot of videos. Um, I was sell selling a lot of sponsorship sp slots on my website. I was developing plugins to help me with um, Amazon affiliates. And I, yeah, just did that and traffic grew and it started to replace the income quickly. And, you know, there was times where I needed some extra income just to, cause the, you know, the pool industry is seasonal. So if I ever needed any extra money to survive, to like get through, I would do website design for a client and kind of just like get a quick, you know, cash bump and then keep moving, you know. So uh, my expenses were low. I mean, I was, I was down to like $1,300 a month just to survive. And I didn't have really at the time, I didn't go out, didn't really have that many friends to pull me away from the computer. So I spent a lot of time in front of the computer and... um you know, sounds like it paid off pretty well. It did. It certainly did very well. So I'm, and I still, I still work on it quite, quite a bit, but I don't have to work on it as much anymore because it kind of, I've, I've created these processes and it now runs on autopilot. So in August of last year, so I, you know, I think I was laid off in 2011 or 2012. So it took, I don't know, three years really just to get it to be, you know, profitable and, and, allow me to like actually move and be, be, live on my own. And yeah, so that's kind of what I'm at. That's kind of, it's not where I'm at right now. I'm a little bit ahead of that, but I think in last year was the first year that I did over six figures with it. And it's not bad. Yeah. I'd say it's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. For one website. I mean, I can't, it's great. And it's really just, uh, it was, you know, I, I knew I was very aware of what I needed from that website in terms of like how to make money from it. Because there's a lot of people who will say that like, oh, well, you don't really need the traffic. You know, you can make money without traffic. And that's true, depending on the type of site you have. My site just 
that's how it makes money. That was the business model is get a ton of traffic and monetize it. So that's what I did. And it was, it was fun. I'm not going to say it was hard. It was, it was just work. And that's like, I enjoy work. And yeah, so right now I have a media company. It's pretty generic. And I am in the process of building other sites like it and other brands that can make money in a whole slew of different ways and um, sort of expanding not Swim University. Swim University is going to stay sort of like the same size and it'll grow on its own. Um, but I'm going to, instead of trying to like make Swim University the greatest pool website of all time, I want to focus my energy on building other brands and sort of like diversify, you know, my skill set in other industries in case, you know, you never know because the pool industry could take a, you could tank one year and, you know, I won't make as much and I need to sort of have something else to fall back on if that happens. So is that what led you into the the personal finance brand? So the personal finance brand was kind of, that was, that was dropped in my lap because I had joined Fizzle because um, of Corbett Bar and I wasn't, I was a little active and there was like a community thing and, you know, I was really just kind of doing my own thing and I was just there to like watch some videos and stuff. And, um, a guy named Andrew reached out to me and he was like, look, I love some university. I love like the stuff you make online. He's like, uh, I have this personal finance blog, had like 20 articles on it. And he's like, I really could use your help, you know, branding this and making this a thing. And in, in, in return, I'll help you monetize some university a little bit better. And I thought that was a good trade off because at the time I was really bad with money. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to be this entrepreneur and I'm going to be kind of self-sufficient, I really can't afford to be bad with money. I cannot have the same habits I used to have, you know, just spending money on BMWs and, and <laughs> you know, buying condos with a 620 credit score and all these like just ins- and that was in 2008 and just these insane things. And, and a lot having- of people were buying condos with worse credit scores in 2008. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> and, you know, the one thing that I had going for me is no college debt because I did not go to college. So... That was the one like positive thing that I, I still think it's a very positive thing that I'm not in that debt. So, so anyway, I thought it was a really good idea to like basically learn personal finance by actually doing things by like creating a brand around it. And the the first thing we did was like we rebranded the site. We I started writing articles and and he and I just kind of directing things as far as like what was getting written and what was getting created. And helping create those things. And we would have these business meetings over Skype. And we would, you know, uh, we would, they would be video Skype sessions. And uh, Andrew's wife would overhear us talking. And she said that we were really entertaining as, as, a, as a duo. And she suggested that we could start like a personal finance podcast like the one we're on. And we were like, I was like, oh, well. You know, I've actually done a few podcasts before. Like I've been a producer of a few and I have an, a background in audio, audio engineering because my dad uh, owns a recording studio and I grew up in one. So uh, and I had the music background and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, this would be super easy to do. And I don't I mean, I didn't even again, I didn't know anything about uh, personal finance or personal finance podcasting. Like I didn't know about like the Dave Ramsey show or any like other thing i just assumed they were all I think boring. a lot of people would do okay if they don't know about the dave ramsey show sure and, <laughs> and yeah and i just assumed they were all boring and that was pretty much the only research that i had which was, was i think all personal finance podcasts are boring and i would personally as a at the time i was 30 years old i liked drinking beer which i still do and i, I wouldn't have listened to any personal finance show like i just absolutely wouldn't and so I was like, well, if we're going to make a show, I want to make a show for me, like the like somebody like me who's like, man, just tell me what to do. Like, just give me it to me straight. Entertain me. Like, it shouldn't have to be stuffy and boring. And so I so I ended up like writing this like heavy metal intro for the for the show because I wanted a heavy metal intro because I thought that was cool. And I because you know, I'm. I, I love like metalcore and all that kind of stuff. And well, how, how do you think this show got an electronic dance music intro? It's not because I think it's boring, right? It's yeah, exactly. So <laughs> make the show that you would love. Yeah, and I and so I we did that. We were 
we organically were like drinking beers because we were we were scared. <laughs> so like we would drink just to kind of like calm our nerves. And then I would ask him like what he was drinking. He would ask me and we would kind of have this whole thing in the beginning that sort of just turned into a thing after a while, wasn't planned or anything. And um, so that didn't really, so that we did that in like November of 2013 and really didn't see any traction until May the following year. And in May we ended up going daily. So we were doing a show. We, we did a show once a week in the beginning uh, we had some listeners and we had some like growth, but nothing crazy. And then I was like, let's try going a daily for just a month and see what happens. And we did uh, 31 days out in a row for May. And it just all of a sudden, I mean, like we had downloads we couldn't even believe. Like we were just getting so many people subscribing to our podcast. And uh, it was just... <laughs> hey, it was just... Uh, that's Yogi interjecting his excitement about it. Nice. <laughs> He loves this. Uh, so, He's totally into it. So I, that was, and then, so the idea was we were just trying to get as many listeners as we possibly could. And it, and it grew, it was just a huge podcast and it still is a huge podcast, but I ended up walking away from it because we weren't really making any money, ironically. And I ended up just going back and refocusing on Sumu. And, and as I did that, that's when Sumu really started to like, just take on a life of its own. And just kind of completely blew up and and not like an overnight success sort of blow up, but just like, oh, things just started clicking for me because I I had gone off and done this personal finance podcast and I realized I learned a lot from it and came back and took those skills and put them towards Swim University and the other projects that I've started since. And um, it's worked out for me. So, you know, just going out and basically doing something and it, it succeeding <laughs> like rapidly but just not making all that much money off of it kind of like, you know, made you sit back and go like, Oh, what's, how can I monetize my own stuff better now that I know that this is, you know, like even successful stuff, uh, if it's not properly monetized can actually be failures, you know, right. when it comes to how much you make. So but there was uh, one huge for you personal benefit of having joined the personal finance community, having yeah. met a special someone, like you were the second person actually on, on the show. Who met their special someone at FinCon. That is super true. <laughs> Who's so, the other person? That person asked me to not say, but you, uh -oh. I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, you know the person. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I uh, Yeah. So, I met my girlfriend at that first year of FinCon. So, we were doing the podcast and we had found out about FinCon because I had done a personal finance rap song on the internet, like before we actually went daily with the show. And, and now I check my stats like every day. No, not that one. No, I'm saying now I do. Oh, yeah. No. That, so, <laughs> yeah, that it was a song called All My Money that we did to promote Listen Money Matters as a, as a brand, as a personal finance podcast and, you know, and blog. And honestly, like no one paid attention to it. It was a complete flop. And I had done a rap video for Swim University that like a, a year or two before that did really well. So I thought it would work like gangbusters in the personal finance space. And it really didn't. And um, I had my theories on why it didn't work all that well. But what it did do was uh, the president of Fingon, uh, PT, found it, saw it. I think I may have like reached out to him because I saw that he had done a podcast rap or a, um, a personal finance rap. And he was like, dude, you should do this at FinCon. And we have this event, you know, you should come and do it. And so I was like, yeah, I would love to do that. So I ended up going to FinCon, performing a different song and, you know, and at the Plutus Awards, which is like this award ceremony at FinCon. And if you're a finance blogger, it's the bee's knees. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd be like, what are these yeah, nerdy people talking yeah. about? <laughs> this is a conference, you know. So I, I ended up like, yeah, performing. I met Stephanie and we now live in Boulder together. So it it was, yeah. So, so many things have come out of Listen Money Matters except money. <laughs> so it's just been, it's great. And it's funny because like, so Andrew and I are, are are talking about maybe starting something new soon or doing some other sort of collaboration. Now that I have these other businesses in place and they kind of run on their own, I have time to focus on on other side projects and see where they lead me. And uh, so that's been fun. So yeah, that's I think that's kind of where I am now. It's like, you know, I left the podcast. I focused 100% on some university again. It did super well. 
And I ended up starting another website called RoastyCoffee.com. And that site was basically a carbon copy of some university in a different industry. It was going to make money. It is going to make money the same exact way some university does. The whole idea is based on traffic. And I wanted to see if I could. That's, you know, so Roasty is a little bit of an experiment for me because I had some university. And I'm like, OK, is this a fluke? Like, did I spend I mean, some university took 10 years to get where it is today. Right. And that's a, another lesson people can remember. You know, there's. There are very few get-rich-quick online things that might <laughs> yeah. actually work. You know, people like Matt, people like me, you know, I, I just left my job in the last month. It, it took me about eight years to get to this point. It wasn't like one day I was like, oh, I'm going to go make a bunch of money online. And then the next day, a $5,000 check showed up. No, and yeah. the same didn't happen for Matt. It took a lot of years to get to where he's at. Yeah, not only that, it's not rich either. <laughs> like I'm doing like – You're doing well, all right. Yeah, I'm doing okay. You can you afford know? to live in downtown Boulder. That's know? true, yeah. And drink a beer with uh, with this crazy guy in California. Cheers, That's true. At any time of the day if I want to, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's some ben- there's obviously a lot of benefits to uh, what I did over the last 10 years. And I, and I sacrificed a lot, but I gained a lot too. So, you know, no pain, no gain, right? So, so, swim- so I had some university and I'm like, you know, it took me 10 years. So I'm like, I wonder if I could take everything I learned in 10 years, condense it into like a, a plan, like a kind of a, you know, a, a business plan, if you will. Yeah. I'm not, I didn't actually make one of those, but yeah. And, and just, yeah. And just take the exact same model and apply it to a totally different industry and see if I can build it, but it, but much faster, you know? So now instead of 10 years, maybe I can do it in five years or four years um, and maybe having another property that's making just as much, if not more, because it's a bigger industry. And so that was sort of the plan. And I started that in April of 2015. And it's been a year now. And it does, I think I get like 40,000 people a month. And it does well. I think I'm making like 800 bucks a month off of it, which is That's a pretty fine. good start. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> for a year's worth of work. You know, and this, and I'm hoping that it pays off for, for a long time. So it's sort of like, and, and I knew it going into it and I still, it's not finished. It's just like, I'm still investing in it as a, as a concept, you know? So I wanted to kind of grow and I've, I put a lot of swim you money into it to just to kind of see if I really could do this again. If it's, if it's something that I am particularly gifted at, or if it's just the niche I was in or the, you know, the industry I was in. So Turns out I've been able to do it again and faster than I did swim you. So, um, and it's working great. I mean, it's doing better than swim you did in its first six years, even so, or even seven or eight years. That's so great. I'm super happy about that. Yeah. So, well, t- two things. So first, mm-hmm. you were talking about rapping something. I don't know if I've ever said on this show before. In college, I was in a rap group, and we got big enough that we actually opened up for a guy from the Wu Tang Clan. In one show, really the uh, the website I uh, decided to, to retire it, but there's still a little uh, memorial on my personal website. If you go to, it's um because you know super Jewish guy obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was that were the Hebes with chutzpah or H W Chet, kind of like N W A except Jewish. <laughs> and uh, oh if you go gosh. to H W C H E T dot com, still today one of my uh, original songs is up there. You can you can listen to it for free. So. Oh. Um, Fun little tidbit for the world to know about me. I, I had uh, been in the studio. I actually recorded that in a studio in a basement in Tel Aviv where my cousin, was, who lives in Israel still, was in audio engineering school. And uh, he and his buddy were able to get us the space for free from like 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So I met them at 10 p.m. and we started recording at like 2 a.m. We had a beer and falafel break and went back to it. Um, what? So Okay. I have, I have a, a little CD. It was uh, called Enter the Chet, I think was what I called it. Um, oh <laughs> but uh, yeah, so check it out if anyone's interested. I have a few songs. Nothing, nothing too glamorous, but... Well, what's the, like, what is the difference? Because I listen to Modest Yahoo, and I, he's about as like Jewish hip-hop as you can get. Well, we I were more think. like the Weird Al version. Oh, I understand. Though we so did, you were making fun of... Yeah, like I did like uh, my my big debut single was um, everyone knows gin and juice. Well, mine was all about sipping Shevitz, which is Manischewitz. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, the one that I was working on that I'm always still a little sad. I should finish it one day. Was drop it like it's glot. 
instead of drop it like it's hot. You know? And I did uh, what's, what's the real glad? Moshe instead of the, the real Slim Shady. So for Moses, it's Moshe in Hebrew. Yeah, so what's a glot? Uh, glot is a um, it's a way to keep kosher. So kosher is you know Jewish dietary rules. Glot kosher is the most strict of oh. those dietary rules. Got so it. We, we would drop it like it's glot, you know. With That's the, funny. So anyway, <laughs> so so fun little thing about me. But really, what I wanted to get to was uh, so with your new coffee site and with you as a brand in general, uh-huh. I see you pop up all over. You're doing an excellent job with promotion. I mean, if you are an online entrepreneur who has joined any related Facebook groups, you have seen Matt's um, name and picture pop up probably a few times. So what is what is your strategy? You know, let's say someone's listening right now. They've they're inspired. They want to start a website. They think, oh, the swim you thing—that's the kind of business model I want to get into. Mm-hmm. What would you do to start? You know, like when you started your coffee site, what would those first steps you would take be, or you would tell someone to do to really start getting their name out there and promote their brand? I wouldn't promote. <laughs> That's what I would do. I mean, I didn't like like roasty. That wasn't the first thing I did. I I. Basically, I built the most generic, uh, generic but nicely designed um, WordPress theme that I could get up quickly. And it, I mean, I put a lot of work into it. It was designed well. It's just it was very simple. And it still is to this day. It's, a, it's still the same design I've had for a year. Um, and I'm adding some stuff to it here and there. But I just basically just get it up. As far as like is, is the, you know, get the website up and running. I bought the do- like I literally think I bought the donate domain name. I set up a hosting thing on HostGator, um, which is not there anymore, but because I don't want to give them any credit for anything. But um, <laughs> you know, set up a hosting plan and um, put up. Uh, I think I wrote like a few articles. I started doing video right away because I I wanted the site to originally be just all video, so. I had cre- I had built the site because I need that as a as a creator. Like I needed to see where the the actual like videos and articles would live before I actually made those things. It's sort of like designing the way the book is going to look and then filling it with words. So that's kind of how I approach anything like that. Because as a de- as a designer mind and not a writer, it feels better to fill something that looks good than to fill just blank empty pages. So never judge a book by its cover unless Matt wrote the book yeah because i'm gonna spend more time on the cover than i will on the actual content but anyway Yogi that's agrees. not that's not true but i <laughs> so i ended up building that first like in a day like literally like just get it done and that's the thing it's a skill set that i have so i just utilize it and i know that that's sort of a hack for myself is like if i build something and i can see it and i could like go i could actually like you know, type it in a web browser. Like it, I, to me, it feels real. It's tangible. And then the, There's yeah, and the it's tangible. Fruits the whole, of your labor. Yeah, and the whole project sort of like I get very, I get a lot more excited about filling in that you know template, if you will. So I I I did that first, and then I basically just started making videos and writing, and just like I basically just came up with a list of every coffee article that I could think of, like and what I wanted to know, like. How do you use a French press? How do you use a Chemex? How do you use an AeroPress? How do you use a drip maker? How do you use a pour over? Like all these different things. I know how to use my Keurig. Does that and, count? Yeah. And that was the one thing we were, we're super against is no Keurigs. But yeah. So <laughs> it was – so we – so I just – it was we. I say we. It was just me. And um, I was just creating these videos and then I started to hire people to write. And I didn't launch it. Like I, I basically like just started stockpiling articles and, and, and videos into a website and then I base officially launched it a month later. So I took a one month to kind of fill it with like things to where if in April I did, you know, say just even put it on my Facebook page uh, that this thing is live, there was enough to devour there that it made sense to even exist. So I that's what I would recommend is actually not thinking about promoting at all. And and I I really don't think a lot about promotion. It's like I I can't. Because you can really get lost in there when you start anything. Like, you know, another thing too, when I started Roasty, I didn't research anything. I had no idea if what I was building already existed in some other fashion. I had no idea. I just knew that I wanted to build a site that was a lot about, was about what answered my questions about coffee and it looked good. That was my only criteria for this site. And which is actually one of the, 
One of the most important things to think of when starting any business is you're solving a problem. And if it's a problem or a question you have yourself, you know, then you're, you're filling your own need. And I'm sure like that's how I've started a lot of projects I work on is I think of something that I need and I start yeah. building it because I can't find a way to fix it. Yeah. And that's, and it wasn't, the other thing was I probably could have found a way to learn how to use a Chemex, but I, again, I didn't do any research. I'm like, I'm just going to make the thing I want and I'm going to do it my way. And that's the end of it. And that's, and this is all because this was an experiment. It wasn't like, I, I didn't, the other thing was I, I didn't have anything riding on it and there's still nothing riding on it. You know, it's not like if this doesn't work, I have to go back and get a nine to five. Like that's not where I, that's not the situation I'm in right now. So I am able to kind of do these experiments and kind of come out, you know, with, and kind of just look at it and say like, did this work? Did this not work? If it did, great. Let's keep going. Let's double down on some stuff. If it didn't work, then whatever, you know, drop it like it's what Glot. clot and move clot <laughs> and move on, you know? So, um, yeah, that would be my advice is just like start and not think about promotion. But I, I will admit that recently you've been seeing a lot of my promotional stuff, but that's for a totally different reason. That's not, I mean, right now, well, are you going to give the secret? What's the reason? The reason for promotion? Yeah. Um. So, so I, so, all right. So I have roastycoffee.com makes decent money. <laughs> they basically, you know, pays for itself, which is fine. Um, Swim University makes, earns me my living, which is great. Um, and I did have Listen Money Matters, but I walked away from that. And I was really kind of looking for an outlet. I have a lot of opinions. I have a lot that I want to say about online marketing and the thing that I do, which everyone who kind of does this thing always ends up going down that road that we always end up saying like, you know, Hey, I, I made this website about basket weaving and now I'm going to teach people how to make websites about basket weaving. And it's just a very natural progression for, for some reason. And I wanted that. I wanted that platform, but I didn't want to do it the way everyone else was doing it. And I was like, all right, you know, um, I've been just yearning for something. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. So, uh, you know, I had some, I had people tell me I should start another podcast because I had the List of Money Matters podcast. I did really well on it. People missed my voice. So I was like, all right, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll do a podcast. And I was like, oh, you know, and this is where the idea just engine just doesn't stop, right? I had this idea where I wanted to do a podcast where I just casually interview online entrepreneurs about everything and anything it could be about business, whatever. I just wanted to like basically interview my friends, right. Um, who I shared a common interest with and I wanted it to be super long and I wanted it to just be about, you know, more. I, the original idea for this podcast was about like, you know, I could interview somebody in the, uh, any business owner and find out like what drove them to be, that type of person. So like, even if I interviewed somebody bigger, like a Richard Branson or an Elon Musk or somebody like, which who I would never name my heroes. Yeah. So <laughs> like I wouldn't, I actually purposely wouldn't ask them about business. I would ask them about their childhood and how they, you know, how their formative years influence what they do now. And that was sort of what I was trying to figure out is why are people, why are certain people driven to do things and other people are not other people are just, you know, they're happy just working and, you know, getting a paycheck every week. And some people are just not that like I, I was never satisfied with, you know, having a boss and, you know, working nine to five and partying on the weekends. Like this is not how I'm designed, but no one else in my family really is that way. So I'm I like, want to why party in the week also, I don't have to wait till Saturday. Well, yeah. I mean, so I was <laughs> trying to, yeah. I, was I also to like to work on Sunday sometimes. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm working on it's <laughs> Memorial Day right now. So yes. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm working. I worked yesterday and it's, I, I'm just, I was just curious why I'm different and what, what, it, what it was. And I kind of wanted to figure that out. And so I was like, I started this podcast called Driven and that was sort of the idea. Uh, and then it got a little bit more ambitious where I was actually going to take uh, a month road trip around the country and just interview, like go and like interview all my friends in my car. So I totally rigged my car up. Which I did one episode that way. I rigged like, my car uh, up Jerry with, Seinfeld's thing, but like yeah, about like entrepreneurship instead of comedians and coffee. Exactly, and it wouldn't. It would be video, but it wouldn't be as well done as his. And 
uh, unless, you know, it kind of took off. And so well, he has I a little bit different budget than he does a little bit. There's a, <laughs> there's a tad. So it was it's called Driven. It's it's out there now. It's I think they did like eight episodes. They're long episodes. They're not they're they're just audio. They're, you know, it's a podcast. Um, and I kind of I, I stopped doing it because I was like, uh, I'm not really feeling this. And I wasn't really sure why. I think it was because um, you driven. I, it's called Driven. Yeah. If you go to Driven I was, Show. I was making a joke. You what would you say? I said you weren't driven. Yeah. I wasn't driven <laughs> to finish it. Like it was just, uh, I don't know. I can't really, it just wasn't satisfying what I needed it to satisfy for whatever reason. And so uh, I ended up talking with Andrew and, you know, what the who I did Listen Money Matters with and he he currently does Listen Money Matters. And so he had this I so he was like, I want to do another show with you or I want to do some sort of project with you. And I was like, OK, I, I'm in, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Like, what could we do? And, you know, he kind of we were just talking. We would just jump on Skype, you know, you know, year after we were doing Listen Money Matters. And we would just talk about this kind of stuff like business and, you know, tactics and what we were doing in our own thing and all this other stuff. And we're like, Oh, well, you know, there's, there's, there's podcasts like that out there. He's like, yeah, but nothing that's like conversational about two, like with two people just talking about a specific thing. And I was like, yeah, but I wanted something more than that. And so I had this idea where, you know, I didn't want to get into business with him again. I wanted to, but I wanted to make money from this, but sort of like kind of indirectly, and so the idea was, why don't we just get on a podcast every week and challenge each other to make money in our own businesses and then talk about that on the show? So we would, you know, one episode would be the, a, the entrepreneurship a, the, showdown show kind of. Yeah. Thing. In, in, a, in a way, like we would. So the one one episode would be we challenged one of us would challenge the other person. And then the next week, you know, we would come back with like kind of updates on what was happening in that challenge. And so that's how it started. We, we called it Product Lab. And then. We wanted to tie it into List of Money Matters. We wanted it to like have a crossover audience. So I thought it would be a good idea to just call it Money Lab because it's like, well, it has something to do about money. And what is this really all anyway? Like all this online marketing crap, like people just want to make money. And that's really the, you know, the crux of it all. So I was like, let's just call it what it is, man. It's like, we're going to figure out, we're going to challenge ourselves to freaking make money in our own businesses and talk about it. And so we recorded like two or three episodes and we would listen back to them and we're just like, this isn't good. Like, you know, I don't know why this isn't working, but it isn't working and just wasn't, wasn't playing out. And so we kind of gave up on the idea, but I still liked the name Money Lab and I now own the domain. And I was like, maybe, you know, cause I've, I've wanted to start a personal brand, but my name is not very, it's not a very good brand because it's really hard to pronounce. And as you heard in the beginning of this no podcast, way. that's easy. <laughs> it's, it's hard to pronounce. It's super Italian and uh, it's not how I personally identify myself. So I was like, all right, you know, even though I know it's a, it's a name that'll never change. Uh, I was sitting on this money lab domain and I was like, you know, I really like this. Maybe there's something here. Maybe I can turn this into sort of a personal a personal brand. And so the idea stayed relatively the same. I was going to challenge myself to make money outside of the money lab itself. And uh, I would, do, instead of doing a podcast, I was doing these very long sort of live updates as blog posts. So, so the idea was I would just kind of have an idea for a product or a, or a way to make money and I would actually go and do it and give myself a time frame when I, when I had to complete the challenge and sort of update my audience in real time via blog posts and a single blog post. So instead of, you know, writing day one post and day two post, I would just update the same post and then just send people to a link that they could jump to the next section quickly. So that's how that started. And I started that in February and... I've just seen so much explosive growth from that. It's and and it's because so I've only done three challenges so far. I've done the first challenge I did was a challenge with my friend Jason Zook. He had this course called How to Get Sponsorships that I had taken. And I was like, and he was interested in kind of rebranding it and reselling it with you know both of us attached to it, and then we would split it. And so the first challenge is let's rebrand this existing course and sell it online and, and do it in 21 days. 
And so, you know, we spent, we spent 21 days, you know, re-getting, building a website, building a landing page, you know, restructuring the course, you know, doing a whole different payment structure, you know, writing blog posts and, and building a list and all these different things and then promoting it and all kinds of stuff. And that was the first challenge and we did relatively well on it. Um, you can read about the whole thing. It's like 8,000 words or some ridiculous amount. Um, and then, so that was the first time I had done something for myself like that to make money, like outside of the coffee or pool industry. And I started doing these, like, I started to think about how money lab itself would gain an audience because it would be totally different than, you know, swimming university and roasty because, so university, the way I, I get an audience is I write an article about pool algae and I rank number one for pool algae. And then you, you know, you get an answer to that question and it's my website. And, you know, that's how I'm getting consistent traffic from Google. Same with Roasty. I'm creating these articles that are about like how they're how to articles, like how to use a Chemex and how to brew, you know, coffee with these beans or whatever. And so they rank on Google and I get this consistent traffic. But Money Lab was this different thing where I'm writing one blog post every two months, really. And because, but they're super long, but they're not how-to articles. They're just a kind of a journal of what I'm doing. Yeah, it's a story, really. So I was like, "How am I going to market this? How am I going to promote this site? Because it's not going to rank. It's you know, it can't rank. The only time it'll rank is maybe if you type in my name in, in Google, like it'll rank. But I don't know if people are searching for that. So I'm like, so I was really like sitting there trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, and. I had never done this kind of marketing. This is kind of outside my wheelhouse. You know, my wheelhouse is write stuff for Google and get traffic. You know, I'm, I'm good at that. Uh, I'm pretty sh- like, I'm pretty confident that I could rank number one for any keyword you give me. I mean, uh, it sounds cocky, but uh, I, fe- I feel like I know what I'm doing in that realm. So this was like, I-, I didn't know. So I was like, all right, I have to get creative. I can't even like, you know, I really can't even like go after the people who are teaching this stuff. And this has always been my problem with like the online marketing space is everyone is sort of like teaching the same thing. And then you're, and then if you have a slightly different business model or a slightly different way you want to do things, like you can't just fit everybody into this. Like you can't just fit everyone in the same box, right? You can't say that, you know, Hey, if you start a podcast, you'll make money by these three ways. Well, why are those three ways the only ways to do it? And, and those three ways might not work for everybody. No, and they absolutely don't work for everybody. So my so my whole thing with Money Lab was I need to start doing things that no one's done before. And not not to prove that I can do it, just, but just because I, I have no other option. I don't have any other way. I'm not going to write an, a how-to article on like how to build an email list in 30 days. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to write that article mainly because I don't want to. And I created these brand rules when I started Money Lab for myself and they're, they're on my website. But these rules are basically, I'm not allowed to do those things because I don't like those things and I don't want to be an authority. I'm not trying to say I know any, I, I, know, I know the way you should build a business and here's how you do, here's your blueprint. I don't so want to be and gentlemen, that. Matt, the anti-authority right there. Yeah, I, that's, <laughs> but that's what I want, right? I don't want to be the guy who's Take like – Take that Michael Hyatt and, <laughs> and Neil Patel and – But I, you know, those, and that's funny because I like – I follow those guys, you know, but I'm like at the same time, they're, they're, they don't, they're all experimenting too, you know? It's like they experiment. They say, oh, this worked and then they share that and I'm – and. That's kind of what I'm doing, except I'm just saying, I'm not even sharing and saying this works here. I'm going to package it up and I'm going to sell it to you. I'm saying I'm going to try a bunch of stuff and I'm going to document everything I try and some of it's going to work and some of it's not going to work and you can just read about it. And that's bottom line. Like I, in in my, one of my rules is show, don't tell because I don't want to, to, even, even if I do it behind, even if I do it behind the scenes and I, you know, cause I know how to build an email list right now. Like I'm sitting on this, this secret, if you will. But if I told you to do that for the personal finance community, it probably wouldn't work the same as it does for the swim university industry. So I'm like, why am I even going to try? You know, I think that's kind of doing you a disservice as a, as a person who would follow me. So what I'll do is 
I'll tell you how I did it at SwimU. I'll give you all the behind the scenes stuff on how I did it. And then you can make up your own mind if that's something you'd like to try as well or not. Because the people who email me and say like, hey, I have this idea for a business. What do you think? And my canned response for all of these questions is I have no idea or I don't know. Go try it and then tell me what happens. Because I'm curious. That's how I started this site is because I love... You know, it actually started because I, I, I like watching musicians describe how they make and record songs. And I, I, they don't, they're not sitting there going like, oh, you should use this plugin for compression and you should use, you know, this EQ system. And they never say that. They go, this is what I'm using. Well, I don't know. This is the one I picked, you know, and it's, it's almost like these guys are just like, kind of just experimenting and seeing the sounds that come out of it and going like, well, this is how I do it. You know, um, I don't know if this is right or not, but it sounds good. And that's sort of the same thing I do with the promotion of Money Lab and even the challenges and products that I build are like, I don't really know. I'm just, I want to do this thing and I don't know what's going to happen. And I just, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. So well, I guess we're all going to find out. Yeah, I mean, so one, so this will be aligned with what you do. It's like next, so I'm taking June off. I don't want to really do too much stuff because I'm kind of like Some done vacation. three. Yeah, I've done three challenges. They're all took a lot out of me. Um, one of them, you know, two of them were semi successful. One of them just completely, you know, didn't work at all. I tried selling sponsorships on Roasty and it just didn't work. And it's funny because I did the exact same tactics I used for Swim University that worked perfectly well and great. I do the same thing at Roasty Coffee and it doesn't work at all. So I literally like made $0, probably spent more money and time than it was worth actually doing. But hey, you learn a lesson. So one of the things that we all learned the lesson. Yeah, everyone did. Right. But just in that just in that little context. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day or when I get back from this little vacation, um, my my next challenge, because I don't this is my problem, too. It's like. I, you know, now I have a huge list of like digital marketers and, you know, people and podcasters. And because I've done a couple of these promotional stunts where I've gained a lot of traffic and email addresses because things went viral that I, again, totally an experiment, didn't know it was going to go viral, didn't try to make it go viral. It just ended up happening twice. So I, I ended up, uh, so, so I'm going to wait for a month and not do anything. And then I'm going to try to write and sell a rap album in 30 days, which... That sounds pretty... It sounds exciting and hard, but I th- I, th- I bet you can do it. I think I can. I have... I think I can. I, I Look, and I don't know anything. Here's the thing. I was in a band. We failed miserably. I, I tried. We tried to get signed. I tried to be a rock star. I, it did not work. But I know a lot of stuff now, more than I did, you know, 10 years ago. And... I know that, you know, like in order to sell something, you have to make something. So the first thing I'm going to do is not even worry about the promotion. I'm just going to worry about getting an album done, getting a good album done. Well, if you like need I a once... guest vocal from MC Chaim of, of the Hebs of Chutzpah, <laughs> I, I may have buzz. to, con- yeah, I may <laughs> have to contact you. And I think like, so I'm just really curious. I'm like, I'm going to build something and I have, I'm not going to test them. This is one of those products. Like you, this is, this, this is the information that like, just really kind of pisses me off. It's like, you know, oh, you know, test your target market before you actually build anything, you know, and, you know, put like out. How these, do you like, really test without You don't test doing... that. That's impossible to test. Right. Like, I, how like, can I find out how many people are going to buy this product that doesn't exist until it exists? No. And of and course, all of... my friends are going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll buy it until you're like, all right, cough up the cash. Then no one's going to cough it Exactly. Up. And yeah. think about this, too. You look at like a movie like Office Space, which completely bombed in the theaters, but has seen so much money afterwards. I literally have a red stapler on my desk that I'm looking at right now. Case in point. So <laughs> it, it's like, you don't know unless you make like, cause it, you know, the problem is, is like, I'd rather make something that lives forever and it do terrible. And I'll, I'll be proud that I made something that lives forever. You know, even if it's stupid, you know, even if it's dumb, I'm still, or, or no one wants to buy it. I'm still going to feel good that I made it. You know what I mean? It's, you're never like, you're never mad at yourself. Like I, Oh, I spent all this time on this bird bird cage and never like, or what do they people build? Like those bird houses, you know, and, and 
lumberjack. No hummingbirds shop. came and hung out in my house. Yeah, you're like, oh, you know, birds suck. Like, I built this thing and no one cares. Like, you're never, no, I'm not going to say that. You're going to be like, oh, well, yeah, it's a birdhouse I built. And if you if you did it haphazardly, of course, you're going to be like, well, oh, I just built that birdhouse. Who cares, right? But if you spent time and, like, painted it and made it nice, like, you're always going to be proud of that, no matter if no birds live in it or not. Or no Maybe one a squirrel it. set up residence. Yeah, who knows? It, it's, <laughs> it could be for somebody. So, I don't know. I think... I'm just I'm excited to do it because I'm like I, I don't know what's gonna happen. It could be a miserable failure, and that's okay because at least at the end of the day, I have an album that I said that I worked really hard on, and you know I, I have an album. There's not many people can say that, you know. So I have that. So I think that's that's worth it. Awesome. Well, if people want to find you, find the story, keep track of what you're up to, where should they all head? Uh, I think they should go to moneylab.co slash dingle. Slash dingle. I like that. Yes. Now now I'm curious. So I'm going to type it in as soon as we hang up, as I'm sure everybody else who's listening will do as well. So uh, anyway, thank you so much, Matt, for the time. This has been super valuable. Very interesting. You know, you're up to a lot of very cool things. And I knew all about the Money Lab stuff because that's how we met. But I did right. not know all about the pool stuff. So I yeah. learned a lot of cool stuff, too. And I'm sure everyone else did. So uh, thank you very much, Matt. Thanks, everyone, for listening all the way through to the end. And as always, um, you know, everyone, if you uh, if you enjoyed the show, I would love if you could just take a quick moment, head to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, and drop a rating. Hopefully, I earn five stars. And if not, shoot me an email at eric at personalprofitability.com to let me know how I can earn that fifth star. And um, again, thank you, Matt. Cheers for the last time with my uh, yes, uh, my last gulp of my Lagunitas Daytime Ale. And um, very good timing on finishing that up. So again, thank you, everyone. And until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.